pirates will be pirates. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share their views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. We're your hosts, I'm Mike Zolkowski. And I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Today's topic, Jean Lafitte, the last great pirate of the Caribbean, and why he was so important to Texas and Texans. But first, what's your favorite street in Houston, Sean? Montrose. Mine is Westheimer. I have a fondness for I-45 between Tidwell and Parker. So when we talk about Jean Lafitte, most people know him as the romantic pirate, the ideal of a Robin Hood, and most particularly, we claim him as Texans. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't originally from Texas, but, you know, we claim him for ours because he spent some time here. Right. I mean, how many pirates do you know that actually lived in Texas? Um, like one. So, Scott, who was Jean Lafitte? Well, uh, there's some conflicting records about where he came from, but uh, mostly he's believed to be born around 1780 in France. But uh, there's also evidence that he may have been born in Spain, St. Dominique, Haiti, Louisiana, and even upstate New York. It's difficult to know the true facts because of all the revolutions that broke out in France and Haiti during the first years of his life. And, you know, just the fact that the name Lafitte is very common in both French Caribbean and Louisiana. Uh, His older brother, Pierre, had established a shop in New Orleans in 1803, which was the time of the, the U.S. purchase of Louisiana from France. In 1807, due to the Napoleonic Wars, an embargo was enacted, and this prevented Sprint... American ships from getting French and British trade goods. They actually embargoed both countries. Luxury items were virtually impossible to get, and the Lafitte brothers became smugglers to get those items into New Orleans. After this, he was known as the Pirate Prince of Barataria. And where is Barataria? Barataria is a small island off of the Louisiana coast. It's swampy and remote. It's basically Louisiana. Yeah. It's just off of the Delta, just south of New Orleans. Yeah. And so Jean would oversee the arrivals, and he would uh, send his brother Pierre off to New Orleans to sell them. They soon got tired of having to buy the goods being smuggled in, so they just bought a ship and hired a crew to take goods from ships in the Gulf and take them to the shop for straight to profit. This is when they became actual pirates. Soon they had a small pirate fleet operating. They were known for being very courteous to the captive crew members, often returning the ships to the crews, but without the cargo. By 1810... Officials became aware of the Lafitte brothers' growing enterprise. They tried to shut down the operations, but locals that were dependent on the luxury items were very supportive of the brothers. But uh, shortly after this, in 1812, the U.S. and Great Britain went to war, the War of 1812. In 1814, the British actually offered Lafitte a bribe to fight for them. Uh, and they told him if he refused that they would destroy his base. So he stalled for time on the decision while he wrote a letter to Claiborne, uh, the governor of Louisiana, saying that he would fight to defend New Orleans from the British. Soon after that, the U.S. Navy, on its own, drove Lafitte out of Barataria, and they seized his ships and arrested many of his men. But Claiborne spoke out for Lafitte to General Andrew Jackson, who was the commander at the time. He arranged for Jackson to meet with him despite Jackson's reservations, and Lafitte convinced Jackson to let him his men serve in the defense of New Orleans as the British were invading at the time and in exchange for a pardon and the return of their ships. Lafitte actually saw a weakness in the American lines. They had lined up outside of New Orleans to face the British, and he saw a weakness where there was a gap. So he manned it with his own men and their cannon, and they were instrumental in helping Jackson defeat the British. Seriously, why did they make the Pirates of the Caribbean movies about 
fake pirates when they're real pirates like this. Yeah, there's, we'll get to that, but there's a famous movie about this from the 1950s. I want a famous movie from the 2010s. Yeah, that'd be great. It's an awesome story. So after helping save New Orleans, uh, Jean Lafitte was pardoned by the U.S., but uh, their base in Barataria was no longer open to them, so they needed to find a new one. There were some revolutionaries under Louis Ari who had occupied the island Galveston, but when Ari left for an expedition to Mexico in 1817, Lafitte came and just claimed that he represented the exiled Mexican revolutionary government, and I guess people bought it, and he took over the island and made it his base. Uh, when Ari got back, he found that his men were like, you know what? We kind of like working with Lafitte, so uh, we just kind of want to hang out here with him. Yeah, you don't want to fight any wars. He named his colony Campeche, set up a customs house, maintained laws, and made his headquarters in a two-story stone building that was painted red and known as the Maison Rouge. While in Galveston, Lafitte agreed to support the French in the Champtaille colony. Which we talked about before. And to provide transportation and supplies to the failed filibuster Dr. James Long's expeditions. His ships also flew the flag of the Mexican Rebellion. He also smuggled slaves with his friend, fellow Louisiana smuggler, James Bowie. Secretly, though, Lafitte, the Lafitte brothers were in the pay of Spain this entire time. And that's definitely their purpose for getting, you know, to get Ari out of Galveston. And likely their failure to support the Champs-Isle colony um, and the long expeditions were because of that service to Spain. I remember we had talked in a previous episode about that colony that was dependent on the pirates for their sustenance and getting all their stuff. Obviously, that didn't work out because Spain was like, yeah, we'll pay you not to do this. Right. And he was a true pirate. He got paid by the French and and he got paid by the Spanish under the table to stop them from getting their stuff. So why, why get paid once when you can get paid twice? Exactly. At Campeche, uh, the thing was that he agreed not to be a pirate, not to prey on American and, uh, ships and, and only to fight for the Mexican rebellion. That was one of the reasons he flew that flag. But pirates will be pirates. And his crews uh, actually did indeed take over uh, American ships, uh, and that brought the attention of the U.S. Navy in 1821, who came in and t- drove him out of Galveston. It's believed that he continued to operate in the Caribbean, e- out of either Caracas or Cuba or both, for some years, but then he's believed to have died in February of 1823 off the coast of Honduras. Almost immediately, though, there's a lot of doubt about this story. There's rumors and legends that sprung up about him very quickly, and sightings actually continued of him into the 1840s. And people also continued to look for his lost treasure even to this day, even though nothing has ever been found, and there's really no evidence that he truly had any treasure. When I was a kid, you know, in Texas history, learning about Lafitte and talking about, you know, oh, people look, still look for his lost treasure, you know, immediately my brain went to uh, the Goonies and the search for the treasure of One-Eyed Willie and I had sit there in class and fantasize about going on such an adventure in Galveston, you know, thinking, oh, there's got to be a place where I can go and, you know, find this cave where there's pirate treasure and a hidden ship, you know, never mind that Galveston is a flat pile of sand. Some of the stories about the sightings are terribly romantic, like that he visited a long-lost love in the 1830s in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and that kind of thing. So what is the enduring legacy of Lafitte since his death? Well, he's greatly influenced popular culture. He's an incredibly popular character in, in literature, with many books being written about him that are popular since he died until even today, both here in the U.S. and in France, though not so much in Spain. He's particularly interesting as a subject of children's books and may have been the subject of one of Lord Byron's poems. Several films were made about Lafitte, the most famous being a 1938 Cecil B. DeMille film, The Buccaneer. And there was a 1958 remake directed by Anthony Quinn, starring Yul Brenner as Lafitte and Charlton Heston as Jackson. Yul and Chuck don't quite recreate their chemistry from the Ten Commandments. 
but it's a really good movie. The 1982 series Voyagers featured an episode about Jean Lafitte and his role in the Battle of New Orleans. Pierre is depicted as a baker, and Jean is a good-hearted, big-living sort who gets wrapped up in the glamorous pirate life, which is totally not true. There is also a Lafitte Society dedicated to the study of Lafitte and their contemporaries. There's also in Lake Charles, Louisiana, the Contraband Days, a festival every May honoring Lafitte's exploits. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why Lafitte is still popular. We touched on a few of them at the beginning. What we like about him and what we remember about him is probably more legend than fact, you know, because the legend is more interesting. His origins and his death are shady and poorly documented, but uh, it's easy for that myth to spring up to fill those holes that we don't know anything about. Right, Scott. And another thing is that he has an overall good reputation. Uh, He wasn't a bloodthirsty monster like Edward Blackbeard Treach or the other pirates were. Even in his life, uh, he was known as a gentleman. Uh, and And that made good business sense because he was robbing to get around an unpopular government law, the embargo. And he was getting the people the things that they wanted. So it gives him kind of a, a Robin Hood element to his character. Many of the stories, especially the children's books, focus on his patriotism and siding with Jackson and the Americans against the British invasion of New Orleans. And this adds to his reputation and gives him a uniquely American twist and connection. You know, he's important to the Gulf Coast of Louisiana and Southeast Texas because of all the famed pirates of the Caribbean. He's uniquely ours. We've adopted him. He's made his base here. In, in Texas, despite being in the pay of the Spanish, he provided support for the revolutionaries and filibusters who were fighting for the independence of Mexico and Texas. Even though he wasn't actually fighting for them. Right. And, and I didn't know that he was a spy for the Spanish until I started researching this. Yeah, so, I, I don't remember that in Texas history Yeah, it's, class. it's not covered. But we, we, we focus on, the as you said earlier, we focus on the romantic ideal. And he, he really does exemplify the romantic ideal. He's Texas' own Robin Hood. And I even imagine that, you know, some of the reports of him continuing to fight and do his piratey thing years after he supposedly died, um, you know, it's also the element of the Dread Pirate Roberts in there, where perhaps there was there was <laughs> yeah. another there was another gentleman French pirate who said, you know what, I'm just going to be Jean Lafitte now. I'll use his name and appropriate it, and nobody really knows what he looks like, so I'll just do that. Maybe it's that guy from upstate New York. Could be. Good work. Sleep well. I'll probably kill you in the morning. You can also visit the ruins of Maison Rogue in Galveston. It is, there is the, the foundation and a monument to Lafitte. And also, if you would like to join the Lafitte Association, uh, you can do that online. And I'm thinking about going to the contraband days this, this May. My wife's family lives in Orange, which is 30 minutes from Lake Charles, Louisiana. I hope you steal something delightful. <laughs> That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you, so please follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast or go to brainstaple.com and leave us some feedback. Be sure to indicate whether it's okay for us to mention you on the show. You can follow us individually, too. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm at Mac Sean with two N's. I am Scotticus on Twitter. If you like the show, please tell your friends, leave a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook. It all really helps us out. We hope you join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.